0: Welcome to the Old Pueblo New Economy podcast, which covers a wide range of stories and innovators that shape our regional economies, from the rising stars with Nick Morin, to the creative community with Julie Bonner, to Mentor Me Live and regional investor deep dives with Aaron Eden. We are one platform, showcasing the diverse voices in our local community. We are the Old Pueblo New Economy. Welcome to Mentor Me Live. I'm grateful to have the opportunity to help Tucson entrepreneur and filmmaker Jeff Brack. Not only has Jeff directed, written, and produced short and feature films, but he's also launched a highly successful premium dine-in movie theater chain called Roadhouse Cinemas in Tucson, Scottsdale, and now in Colorado Springs. We're going to work together to figure out how Jeff can acquire funding for his new feature film called The Last Road Trip, which he'll be filming
1: here in Tucson. Welcome to the show, Jeff. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Aaron. A pleasure to be here, and I really appreciate the opportunity.
0: You're welcome. This is exciting. Why don't you start by uh, letting everybody know a little bit about your background? Uh, who are you and what do you do?
1: My name is Jeff Brack. I uh, I guess I would <laughs> call myself a local filmmaker, but... Uh, that's something I'm trying to get going again, actually. So I studied film at the University of Arizona, worked as a commercial producer for a couple of years, wrote some screenplays for hire, tried to make a pilot for a TV series, some short films. And then uh, I did, I had a detour, a career detour into sport where I uh, have worked professionally in the tennis industry for uh, almost 20 years um, and then back into the cinema industry with uh, some friends and I started Roadhouse Cinemas, which is a dining movie theater concept. So it was really nice to get back into the business that I love. And uh, you know, even though it was the exhibition side, it kind of helped whet my appetite to get back into uh, telling stories. Super cool. I have
0: heard so many good things about Roadhouse and haven't been over there myself yet. Oh, yeah. Raving about it.
1: They say once you try, you can't ever go anywhere else.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah, I know when like the I can't remember the, the the name of the theater, but one of the big chains that's up here on the northwest side. After they overhauled the theater, where they had nice reclining chairs and and those kinds of things, like I, I, we started going all the time when we hadn't gone in quite a while. So,
1: and then just add a, add a kitchen with the full menu and a bar, and you really. You really't go back to the regular theater,
0: yeah, exactly. it's it's like like being able to to do theater at home with except have people waiting on you.
1: <laughs> sure. You press the button, somebody comes to serve you. yeah, yeah. so let's dive into
0: the, the let's let's dive into the um the screenplay side of things and 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 those details. So in our prep conversation, you were saying that really where you wanted to focus this conversation was around. Was around your screenplay and and desire to to create this new film. So will you share a little bit more about that and where that is and what you're trying to accomplish there?
1: Sure. So a couple of years ago, I started uh, writing a new s- screenplay, and uh, after eleven drafts later, it's gotten pretty polished. I've I've uh, worked with a script consultant, uh, fellow filmmakers, professional actor, a playwright, a novelist, friend, got great feedback. Um, it's really helped me kind of. Uh, hone the story and um, I think I'm at that point where we're ready to try to get it produced. And, you know, after sending out hundreds of query letters to producers and actors agents and, you know, anybody that would take a look at it, it's become pretty clear, um, and this was a challenge that I spoke with you about before, was uh, there's, I found there's this triangle of Catch-22 where you have uh, producers, and actors and financiers. And if you get any one of those, the others will come on board. But the catch-22 is that nobody wants to come on board until you've got one of those (laughs) corners of the triangle. So, um, you know, after trying to go after actors and producers and I've I've gotten some good feedback, you know, it's just, it's it's a very tough thing to do to convince anybody to come on to a project. I've realized that if it's possible to raise the funds then the other two pieces will fall into place. And so part of my interest in producing a film is also doing it here in Southern Arizona, because, you know, this used to be such an epicenter of uh, filmmaking. And uh, I, I know there's a lot of people in the film community here that would love to see that come back. And there's been efforts made over the last couple of decades and it's just, things are starting to happen. There's actually a lot of talented people here. We just need opportunities. And I, I would love for this project to be one of those films that gets, it's produced here so the difficulty is finding the money in the arizona market in places like california and new york there's people that are used to financing films and so there's already a process in place but investors here are not going to be familiar with film production and so that's what i'm hoping to get some guidance on is what are investors in southern arizona looking for in a project and So I thought, you know, talking to you might be helpful in the sense that uh, we treat it like a new business and entrepreneurial effort. And so that's, that's kind of, I hopefully answered your question, but that's what I'm trying to steer it toward is finding, finding funds in our market.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. To be, to be clear, that's not like the, (laughs) the film space is not a space that I have a lot of experience with, but you know, as a, as a mentor, my responsibility is is not to not to necessarily give you the answers, but to help you find the answers, right? And so it's all good. We can we. I, I'm going to learn a ton from this conversation, and hopefully, you get
1: some benefit out of it too. <laughs> so, oh, I'd love it. Any any guidance is going to be greatly appreciated.
0: So I love the I love the triangle and the way you described that around really the the, the three areas of focus, being able to get an awesome actor that that everybody else goes, Oh my God, I want to be part of this project. And they all jump in and, and you're ready to go. The second one was fine. People with the on financing have funds to be able to, to pay, which is the second one. And the third one was producers.
1: So out of that triangle, which of those three people do you know the most about? Definitely producers. And in fact, I have friends in the business that uh, some of them are serve you know, do service producers on movies and, and they've given me some guidance as well. But, you know, a lot of them, either they're too successful and they're too busy or, you know, it's not uh, the type of genre they work in or, you know, the size of film, the scope. Makes sense.
0: Yeah. I I see that as sort of akin to in starting a startup, what you do around customer segmentation, right? You're trying to figure out who the, who the customer is that's going to really, who the early adopter customer is that's really gonna love this product as a starting point, right? Who's who's the one that's, that's willing to take a little bit of a risk because they want to try something new or or whatever? Like if you were if you were launching a product, that's sort of the 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 mindset that you'd have trying to trying to find who your first customer is. And that that goal, the first milestone would be if I was launching a product. How do I get one customer, one paying customer, right? In your case, you only need one producer, Um, so it's a totally different, (laughs) it's a different approach. But, but the thinking, the thinking applied in that context, I think, would be really beneficial. So let's drill into that just a little bit. So on the producer side, you you said some of them are too successful. So that's one sort of one segment is producers that are too successful that. So in that context, what are the reasons on the too successful side that they, they wouldn't want to be a part of this project?
1: Well, there's one person I'm speaking specifically about, and she would definitely want to be involved, but then they have too many projects in the pipeline. And so then you take a back seat for a year, you know, before they can even get to your project. So, um, kind of stagnates things, uh, waiting on that one piece. So then you start looking at another way. Okay, that makes sense. so in that case it's it's
0: not so much about their their level of success, it's really about the timing. The timing isn't quite right for them because they've got too many other projects going on. right, right. so what are what are the other sort of groupings of producers that you've been, that you've engaged with and learned from so far?
1: I have some friends in l a that are um, writers, directors, and they've produced some of their own stuff, and usually uh, when they're used to working on their own projects, they pretty much stick to producing their own projects. So that's kind of on the other end, it ends up pointing you toward, well, maybe I'm just gonna have to self-produce my own project, which is kind of where we're at at this point is that maybe that's uh, the best route. Uh, Stop trying to convince others uh, to help you produce it and produce it yourself. Of course, you're, you're always having to convince people, uh, whether it's your financiers or your actors or a producer you're trying to hire. You know the sales pitch continues, but but it's just another way of going about it, and it's a way I can be more proactive. Yeah, for sure.
0: Well, and that's where your your strength in storytelling really can shine through. Right, is is being able to, you know, in the in the Steve Jobs world, they used to talk about Steve's reality distortion field and how he was able to spin a story to get you excited about what the future looked like and why you wanted to be a a part of his next project or these kinds of things, right? And really that's, you obviously have strength in that area in already creating, creating things in this space. How do you feel about sort of using that same energy to, to get the producers excited about your project?
1: Yeah, no, that's exactly what I'm hoping to have the opportunity to do, and I guess that's part of the guidance I'm looking for. So, how do I find the audience to talk to about and even give it a chance to to share my story with them? And I, I think that there's selling points beyond just, "Hey, I'm making a film." There's uh, this is a, an Arizona filmmaker making a film in our backyard, bringing jobs to. Local you know, f- film crews, uh, and uh, bringing some notoriety to our area, which you know, part of my story takes place in Tucson, and it's a road trip from Austin to Tucson. So, uh, you know, the culmination of the whole story is here. So, I- I'm hoping that'll s- spark some interest with people, not just in the idea, and, and you know, there is something fun about the idea of investing in a film, but but also that it it's going to be highlighting. Uh, our home absolutely going
0: back to the producers for the producer that you feel just the timing wasn't right is there opportunity for them to refer you to some other producers can they make some recommendations and give you some connections what is the i don't i don't know what that world looks like but but i know i know typically in a in a, in a product scenario, if you've got somebody saying yes, and they're, they're an early adopter, they usually know somebody else that sort of thinks like them. We tend to surround ourselves with people that think like us. What's your take on that? Is there opportunity for referral there?
1: I, I think there absolutely is. In fact, she would be, uh, this person I'm talking about, would be open to that idea. I think that what would really help, is, and it does, doesn't matter whether they're friends or not friends in this industry, if you have backing for the project, then all of a sudden there's a lot more interest. So, and, and I don't mean to make that sound like uh, a friend wouldn't do me a favor, but I think that, uh, the person I'm talking about would be more interested. I think if she was too busy, other producers that she knows, she could refer and say, Hey, this film already has backing. It's ready to go if, if you're interested. So I think, uh, it would be, it would be one of the lesser challenges would be to find somebody that, uh, would help me shepherd this but you know that's everybody asks they go are the funds in place are the funds in place yeah. <laughs> makes in sense in yeah. fact i've had some uh some actors which i i can't i can't use their name but uh their actor agent they were intrigued by the story and the pitch and they they said, Hey, make, make them an offer. And I said, and I said, well, I can't make them an offer until I have the money, but can I use the actor's name to raise the money? No, you can't. (laughs) So so, the catch 22 continues. I go catch 22. That makes
0: sense. So, so based on what you're hearing from the producers, you're hearing, show me the money and, 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 uh, and similarly on the acting side of things, what is the, I'm guessing it happens where where you're able to get an actor that's excited and and even though they they know you don't have the financing, if they really believe in in what that story is, um, that they could potentially jump in. So it's similar to the producer side. You could end up with a an influencer that's like, hell yeah, I'm gonna put my name behind Jeff and and let's let's make this thing happen.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's uh, and you, I'm sure you would confirm this that it, it doesn't matter what industry it is, personal relationships win the day. So if you have an actor, it doesn't matter who, which piece of that triangle that you know, if you know one of them and you have that personal relationship, it's amazing how far that'll take you. Because like you said, if you can get one actor to put their name on it, even if it's just a letter of intent, that will get a lot of other parties interested. Same thing with the producer. The producer already has actors they've worked with. They know financiers already. And, you know, if you have the money, anybody will at least listen. Yeah, so
0: in in my head, what I'm thinking about with that triangle is you're basically on a quest to find a producer that's willing to stick their neck out and take a chance with you, or an actor that's willing to stick their neck out and take a chance with you, or an investor that's willing to stick their neck out and (laughs) take a chance with you, right?
1: It's, That's exactly it.
0: <laughs> one of those just sort of should give you the dominoes for the other one, assuming they've got high enough status in the in the community and whatever, or the or the right amount of funds that that one of those so in the the reason I, I portrayed it that way is what I what I'm hearing from you is that you believe that probably the area to get that, that lead domino is on the investing side at this point in time. Um it sounds like you've done some exploration with producers and with actors at this point and, and aren't getting the traction that you'd like. Um, and so you're gonna, you're getting ready to jump into exploring on the investor side is, am I hearing you right?
1: That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that might be the best way to push this forward. Yep. Yeah. So, so one suggestion would be don't give
0: up on the other parts of the triangle because any of them could sort of get you over the hump, a good referral on the producer side or, an actor that has a project fall through and you get the right timing to be able to pick them up. So as much as possible, based on the resources and the time that you have, not necessarily completely ignoring them, uh, look for those opportunities, but let's take the conversation where you want to go with it, which is on the investor side of things. So what uh, what exploration have you done on the investor side of things at
1: this point? I have not done a lot of uh, investor research as far as I, I just I've spoken with obviously other people in the industry that I know and how they've gotten their projects uh funded um and it's you know every possible way under the sun but as far as how we can produce pursue it in Tucson um that's what I was hoping to get some guidance because um I don't know how the community here looks for projects that they'd be interested in um there may even be investment groups that uh, are looking for projects. I don't know, but um, I was hoping that uh, maybe that's where we could go with it. Awesome. No, that's good. So on that
0: front, the the fastest way to to get those answers is is to talk to some of those people, right? So getting getting finding one one person who's invested in a film in Tucson, and I guess actually, they don't have to be in Tucson. But, uh, but I'm, I'm sort of making that assumption. But do you know one
1: person that's that's invested in a film in Tucson? I don't, but actually that's a, that's a great idea. Uh, that's something I could, the people are usually willing, if you're not asking for something, <laughs> they're willing to share contacts. So there may be some other filmmakers I know that, uh, and they may, like you said, not be from Tucson, but maybe give us me the contact to some people that I could at least talk to them about you know what they look for in a project, and that could be very helpful.
0: I've been doing a project for CIC Community Investment Corporation, where I work. We historically have not done—we're a nonprofit—and we historically haven't done any any fundraising. Um, most of our funds have come from the, the the county government or from our existing programs, and so we're trying to figure out: should we be asking private donors for funds? Should we be seeking grants? Should we be exploring other government programs what are the different sources that we might might explore to diversify our revenue streams and so one of those I, I i don't know any of those folks it's it's typically you know super high net worth individuals that have lots of lots of extra extra funds and want to be able to give back and so myself and and our executive director basically brainstormed a list of possible possible folks to reach out to some of them might fit that category and some might not and what I did was I, I had the same thing it, eventually I might like to ask them for money but right now I'm not ready to do that I'm trying to learn from them and I don't want them to sort of reject me thinking that I'm asking for money right now um, and so what I did with each one of them is basically emailed them and told them exactly what I just told you hey we've never we've never asked for funds before um, it's something new to us we're trying to learn about this space what I'd like to do is just Sit down with you for 30 minutes and ask you questions about past, past times that you've put money into a charity or past times that you put money into a nonprofit. And I'd like to learn from you. Um, and I, I would ask them questions like, you know, tell me a story about the last, the last, I keep wanting to say investment, and it's not <laughs> the last donation that you made or the last contribution or, or your last philanthropic effort. Tell me a story about what that was and they would tell me about that and then i'd ask them questions like okay great how did you make the decision to invest in that charity what were the reasons that you chose that and and why did that um, did you get what you expected out of putting the money into that charity what were you hoping to get back out of it which actually the reason i'm sharing this story is all of those questions are probably relevant to what you're going through right like tell me about the last film that you invested in what did you expect to get out of it did you get that out of it what went well about that project what could have gone better what were the reasons you chose that film how involved were you did you pull in other investors that also invested was was it you alone right but but just if you can keep the entire conversation in the past and what their past behaviors and activities are from that you really quickly learn how they see the world around investing in that space and you know through that you you hear oh my God, I no, I'm not investing in films anymore uh, for these reasons. Or yes, I'm still actively investing, but you know, I'm only doing films in California for these reasons. Whatever, you learn all of those details. Um, but if you do that interview really well and you focus that on the past tense and they don't feel a sales pitch at all, um, they don't feel like you're there pitching your film, if you can keep it focused and, and sort of that pure, it's very easy at the end of the conversation to say, what other investors, do you know that I can do this interview with also? Um, and they'll almost always give you an introduction or a referral to somebody else. And you can basically build your investor network that way, start developing relationships with these folks, and through that process, learn what's important to these investors um, and how they might help you on the film. I think you, you actually could take that, that same approach with the producers or with the actors as well. Tell me a story about a, about a film that you jumped in on totally on faith where it wasn't paid. And why why did you do that? What were, what were the reasons you did that? What inspired you to do that? Did, was it a train wreck or did, or did you really get what you wanted out of it, right? And through doing that, you can start figuring out on the sides of the triangle, you know, where that lead domino is that's that's really going to push it over um, and how you kind of pull those things together into something that's that's really powerful and helps you accomplish your vision around the film.
1: I really like that because uh, you're actually treating them as a consultant. And I think that people love to give their opinions when they're asked. And and I we found that with uh, with Mark our marketing efforts with Roadhouse Cinemas. So, you know, we want to get input into something. And if we put it out there for the public, they love it. They love, every people love to give their opinion, whether it's, you know, what flavor of ice cream you should have this month or what movies you should bring in. They'd love to be asked their opinion. So if you can, frame it that way that look i'm just looking for some help i'm looking for you to consult me on how to do this i think i think that's a great approach so to build on that one one level further after you've got a decent
0: sense of oh wow i'm finding that this one behavior tends to be something that helps investors sort of get over the hump then you can design a really small experiment where you go like i'm going to put together a pitch deck and i'm going to put it in front of one of those investors and see how they react to it right and um and get some feedback learn from that and then adjust based on that but you're actually you start with opinion and what people feel and what they think and you're trying to figure out really what emotions drive them what are are the emotions or what are the what are the reasons they made those decisions we all all the decisions we make are all based on our emotions and and our biases and those kinds of things and so you're trying to figure out how do they make those decisions and then later on you can you can go back and say okay great hey um i've pro- i've progressed on this project i heard you loud and clear that these are some of the things that are important to you and my project is ready to move forward would it be okay if i come and pitch my project to you i think i'd like for you to, to consider being an investor and then you're just keeping those two things totally separate so go so be in total learning mode maybe i i don't know i i like to when i when, when, as I've been working on this this project, I basically am telling the I'm telling the philanthropic folks and these these high net worth individuals that literally at the beginning of the conversation I say I will not ask you for money. <laughs> <laughs> I am not here to That's ask good. you for money. That's good. I'm, I want to learn from you about your past experiences. So uh, please, like, I'm I'm researching who who we might go after and ask for money later. Um, I'm trying to figure that out. And so, you know, I'm looking for your honest opinion and I ha- I don't have a way to take money yet. So, so please just, you know, call my baby ugly. It's okay. <laughs> actually, there's no baby. Uh, there's no calling the baby ugly in that context because they don't even know what your baby looks like. you're just talking to them about their past investments. So.
1: Right. Uh, okay. Yeah. So this sounds like an uh, important phase to go through um, is actually learning the market before you, Put together your pitch for it. Yeah, exactly.
0: And in your case, the triangle, <laughs> all, all, <laughs> right. three, all three points. And and at some point, you'll at some at some phase in the process, you'll you'll see like, oh my God, I think I've got it figured out on the producer side. I can get a producer. Let's try to make that happen. Or or maybe it's on the investor side. But you can put more weight into it once you've got some evidence and and some deeper understanding of of what it is. I would also say that, you know, there's a ton of people in and around Tucson that are listening to this podcast. And so, you know, maybe they can help fill some of the gaps that I don't have. (laughs) If you, if you're out there and care about films uh, in Tucson and around Tucson, either you're a producer or an actor or an investor and are, are interested in, in really helping to keep that, keep the, uh, I don't know the right way to put it. How would you characterize it? What you're, you're really trying to sort of resurrect film in Tucson. Is that,
1: is that a mischaracterization? I mean, that might be, <laughs> I mean, there still is a film uh, market here. There's definitely uh feature films that come into town and commercials. It's just not quite in the quantity that it used to be and where we want it to be. Yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't <laughs> put the uh, the pressure of being the resurrector <laughs> on this one project, <laughs> <That's>, but <laughs> but yeah, I would like to contribute to that. Uh awesome. Revitalization for sure. So for listeners, if you care about that, <laughs> reach out to Jeff and, and
0: if you can connect him with a, with an investor or with an actor or with a producer, please do, that's where we can, we can leverage my gaps in knowledge of that space and
1: potentially have somebody reach out to help. Oh, that'd be fantastic. I'd love to hear from some people in the community. Beautiful.
0: Let's make what we just talked about tangible and, and actionable. So how do we break that down into some specific next steps? What's what's standing out most to you between, you know, go, going in and doing some of those interviews with producers, with with investors, with actors as that as that sort of lead domino? What's standing out to you as to where where you think you'd want to focus
1: first? Well, well, I would uh, emphasize what you said before, too. I'm, I will not give up on the pursuing of actors and producers, so, so that, that will continue. And uh, a lot of times it's it's just somebody you know who knows somebody, who knows somebody. You know, you just got to keep asking the right questions to the right people. And and it's amazing. People are very generous and they're, they, they want to help, so uh, I'll keep pursuing that. But the thing I'm hearing from you that I think would be my next step would be to sit down and assemble a list of people that I know that either are in that financial situation or know somebody that does. And then these would be people I could approach as consultants and start doing some research on what a Tucson investor would like to see put together for a project like this. That's, I think that'd be my next step. Okay. And based
0: on what all you've got on your plate, what does the timeline look like for that?
1: Oh, the pressure of a deadline. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> nothing, nothing else like a deadline. Um, and I certainly feel like I could do that in the next couple of weeks and even maybe start reaching out to some people. The interesting thing is we're in this uh, pandemic situation where um, it's obviously affected many industries, but uh, the film industry in a huge way, but it could be advantageous to small films like mine, that uh, it's kind of thrown a lot of things into chaos. So actors that weren't available all of a sudden become available and the same thing with producers. So, and maybe there's some financiers are more interested in some smaller projects because uh, less, less of a gamble. Yeah. It's easier to get your money back. So it could, it could be a good time to, to start this up. Very cool.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree that the, the whole world got turned on its head. So things are different. There's opportunities all over the place if you're looking for them.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Did we get where you had hoped through through this conversation, or is there is there more
1: we should dive deeper into? You well, you gave me the next step, which is really what I was, I was hoping for. Is is you know it's 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 not that I haven't thought about consultation, but you kind of just focused it and saying, look, this is your next step, you have your you know, my pitch deck. I've got the screenplay. I've got, you know, I've got the website set up. I've got, you know, everything is, is the line. I'm trying to line up the, the pieces to be ready for this next step. And how do I achieve that next step? This, uh, this focuses that for me to say, look at write down the list of everybody you think that could possibly give you some, uh, share some knowledge. And, uh, and maybe, maybe they end up being potential investors themselves, but, but uh, you got to start, Start with that list, and I, I think that's where I'll take it. Okay, awesome, awesome.
0: Can I ask you a couple of, of other sort of mildly related questions? Sure. <laughs> so, since we've got a couple of extra minutes, why Tucson for you?
1: Why Tucson uh, to make to make the film, or
0: yeah, or or why are you in Tucson? Why do you want to make the t- film in Tucson? Why do you why do you care?
1: Well, I just. I love Tucson. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm Tucson's biggest cheerleader. Um, uh, so I, I, in fact, I even have been here for 27 years, but, uh, you know, for one year I moved away thinking, well, maybe I'm the kind of person that could follow a job, you know, and I did. And as soon as I left, I realized, no, I, I love Tucson too much. I was, I was homesick. So I was looking for a way to come home. So, uh, you know, it's just, it's a place I love. And so that definitely crosses over into your art. When you, I uh, started coming up with an idea for a film. I'm always trying to think of stories that take place in our region because you don't see a lot of that. And that's, I think not only is it, is it a special place to me and, you know, a lot of people here, but so unique. It's such a unique place. I mean, the, the terrain and the, uh, the wildlife and the, you know the culture. It's there's only one place like this in the whole country, and we don't see it in cinema a lot. So um, I think that gives it a unique edge, which makes it actually a commodity that can be sold when you have something unique and different. Amen to that.
0: I I was uh, I was consul- doing innovation consulting for about the last six or seven years, and so I got to travel all over the world. Amazing, cool places, and in a lot of situations, I tried to take my wife and kids with me whenever I could. And so, you know, we'd be a, a week away in some location and, and like falling in love with that location. And then we'd get back and get home and be like, no, this is still better. <laughs> Almost <laughs> always like, Oh my God. The, it's just, it's just those, so such a special area.
1: I always tell Julie when we fly back and we land that there's this sense of uh I'm I'm so happy. I almost feel smug about the fact that I'm home. Like this is a lot of people on the plane are here just to visit. And I'm like, yeah, this is where I live. <laughs> Super cool. Awesome. Awesome.
0: Awesome. And then the second question I wanted to ask is how are things going with Roadhouse? Actually...
1: <laughs> It's things are about to rebound big time. We we just opened an, a third location in Colorado Springs, which you wouldn't think would be ideal in the middle of a pandemic, but it was one of those situations where the ball was already rolling. Uh, you know, construction was underway, and so we had to follow through. And uh, it seems like it's going to work out fine because we just opened last Friday, and so things are starting to take off with that. And then we just got word we're going to open up actually tonight, Thursday. What is it? September 3rd? 3rd, 3rd yeah. So we're going to get to both Tucson and Scottsdale. So all three locations will be reopened. And uh, Congratulations. the best part of that is, yeah, thank you, uh, is that Hollywood is the studios are releasing new product. So that's the thing that drives the public to come to the theaters. And when they started when the pandemic started and they started pushing all their movies back toward the end of the year and next year, that was a big problem for us, because even if we could get open when you don't have anything to show, then the people don't come. So uh, which is understandable. So uh, we're very happy that they're releasing new content. We got Christopher Nolan's new movie Tenet opening tonight. So that's that's a big one. He wanted to, he's a big advocate of keeping theaters alive and uh, we, we really appreciate that. And so he really pushed Warner Brothers to make sure that his film was the first big film to open in cinemas and so so we will see but uh we're we're, we're definitely uh, optimistic that's very cool that's great to
0: hear it's definitely a, a roller coaster right now with with anything anything with a physical space is uh all over the place that's wonderful to hear
1: yeah especially when you're getting groups of people together and that's the f- first thing you know that there's don't get groups of people together Uh, So businesses like ours that do that. But, you know, we've got social distancing and some innovative things we're doing with uh, seating. You know, the Roadhouse is a reservation-based ticket system. So uh, when people buy their tickets and they choose their seats, the system automatically locks the seats on either side. So it just automatically separates everybody. So uh, hopefully that keeps everybody safe and comfortable for for the next few months until we feel like we're through this. Get past all of that. Yeah, for sure.
0: Cool. I think I know where I'm going to take my wife and kids this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So, so for folks that are listening, if you know a, know a film investor, know a film producer, know an actor that, that wants to get on a, uh, a, an awesome local
1: project, uh, Jeff, how could they get a hold of you? Probably the easiest way is my website, jeffreyscottbrack.com. And I've got my email on there, or I can just give my email should I just say my email on here? Sure. Yeah, it's jeffsbrack at gmail.com. Cool.
0: And I'll, I'll make sure we include a link to your site in the, uh, in the blog post when we release this episode and make sure folks can, can easily help
1: out. Awesome. I mean, I, mean, I just I would love to. People don't feel like they have to reach out to be a collaborator, but maybe they can just provide some guidance as well. So I'm, I'm happy to hear from anybody.
0: You know, folks, folks have been super helpful to, to other guests, so I, I'm, I'm hoping you get flooded too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That'd be great. Awesome. Well, good luck, Jeff. Thank you so much. Aaron, I appreciate it. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you.
0: Community Investment Corps, located in Tucson and serving southern Arizona, empowers small business owners with knowledge and access to capital. CIC believes in economic inclusion and supports entrepreneurs and small business owners at all stages with the practical resources and education they need to thrive and turn dreams to reality. CIC is a proud founding sponsor of this podcast. Thanks again for taking the time to tune in. I'm actually currently in the middle of planning the curriculum for Startup Weekend coming up at the end of October, and we're focusing the entire weekend on customer empathy It's amazing how a single set of skills around connecting with others can be so impactful on your entire life, whether that's developing relationships with your friends, colleagues, co-founders, family members, prospective investors, whatever. Empathy is a foundational skill that really can transform all aspects of your life. Can be achieved by simply maintaining an abundant mindset and connecting deeply with others around you and this is going to take you further than you ever thought possible if you'd like to hear an angel investor's perspective on the topic check out the recent episode i recorded with tucson entrepreneur and angel investor dr marty fox and in the meantime i will see you next week we appreciate you listening to the old pueblo new economy If you enjoyed this episode, please check out all of our episodes and series on www.oldpuebloneweconomy.com or opne.biz for short. While you're there, make sure to sign up for our newsletter to receive upcoming episodes as they air. If you have any suggestions for who we should interview next, make sure to send us an email. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for next week's episode.